Let us commence the worship of the Lord this morning by turning to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and encouraging our hearts and minds in the great sovereign work of God in our salvation. Amen. Romans chapter 8. Let me read six verses to you beginning at verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. And whom He called, them He also justified. And whom He justified, them He also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Amen Amen and amen. amen. A wonderful passage of Scripture showing God on our side and we doing nothing to add to the work of God and the work of redemption by Jesus Christ for our benefit. I have heard Arminians in my time quote Romans 8.28 repeatedly, but I've never heard them quote 29 or 30, or 31, or 32, or 33. They love 28, but they don't even understand 28. All they get out of 28 is all things work together for good. They don't see in there that it is the purpose of God that things work together for good. God had a purpose in His people, and it began before the world began, as the next couple of verses explain. We are the called according to His purpose. The only reason that you would ever love God is because He first loved you. And if their doctrine were ever true, then all men would love Him because their God loves all men. But that is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches in Psalm 5.5 and Psalm 11.5 that God hates the wicked. And that is entirely consistent with with the whole Bible. Only those in Christ Jesus can He love. Only those in Christ Jesus does He love. And He put them in Christ Jesus in love, according to Ephesians 1.4. So when we start with verse 28 and we look at it, and we see that all things work together for good to them that love God, that's the evidence that we're in the purpose of God. That's the evidence that we're God's elect. Our love for Him reflects His first love, His prior love for us. Then the Apostle goes on to explain that that purpose of God began in His foreknowledge of us. He knew us intimately and personally before the world began and before we ever existed. He knew us. His foreknowledge of us. It's not foreknowledge of what we would do because when He looked down to see what we would do, there were none that understood. There were none that sought after God. They are all gone out of the way. There is none righteous. No, not one. This is the opposite of what he'll say to the wicked in the great day of judgment when he'll confess to them 
I never knew you, but he has always known us. And for, and he predestinated those that he foreknew that we would be conformed to the image of his son, that Jesus Christ would be the firstborn, the preeminent one in the family of God. And the Lord Jesus Christ is our older brother and we are going to delight in him this day. We're going to rejoice in him and his complete sufficiency for our salvation. We're going to come to his table and we're going to remember his death until he comes for us. But he is our brother and he is our, the firstborn and we've been predestinated to be conformed to his image. We want to conform ourselves as well as we are able right now, right today. But we shall be perfectly conformed to his image in the days to come when we're glorified. Those he predestinated, he called. And whom he called, he justified. And whom he justified, he glorified. And glorified is in the past tense, though not a single one of God's elect has been glorified yet. Because it's as good as done in the purpose of God, which was stated in verse 28. And so we can go ahead and use past tense verbs for things that are not yet. Because God is able to do what He promises. Remember in Romans chapter 4, it is noted that God called Abraham the father of many nations when he yet didn't have a son to be the father of those nations. Because God can call those things, this is the word of God to us, God can call those things which be not as though they were. Because He's able to perform His word. And His word is that He'll not lose a single one of us that all of His elect will be saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. And what shall we say to these things? If there might be some persecutions in life, and that is what Romans 8.28 is speaking of, we know that all things work together for good. If there's difficulties, trials, and tribulations in life, what shall we then say when we consider the fact that they're all going to work together for good, we have been foreknown, predestinated, and, and we're as good as glorified, in His presence, if God's for us, who can be against us? If God's for us, you cannot undo your own salvation. There isn't a thing you can do that can alter the purpose and plan of God for your life. You can certainly alter your God's blessings in your life and His mercy towards you and your assurance of eternal life and your confidence in it and the peace that comes through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But you can't undo this eternal destiny that he has for all of his elect because it's as good as done in the purpose of God. He that spared not his own son. My beloved, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The Lord testified on several occasions. He that did not spare that son for his elect, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? This is the logical argument of reasoning from the greater to the lesser. If God gave His Son for His elect, He will give everything else that they need, right down to the smallest spiritual blessing. It's impossible for Him to give His Son, and then somewhere along the line, the rest of those spiritual blessings not to arrive for each of the elect. It's impossible. He that spared on His own Son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not? We're going to realize everything he's promised for us. From foreknowledge to predestination, to calling, to justification, to glorification. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? 
What will you try to lay to the charge of God's elect that they have to do, that they must do, in order to see eternal glorification? What sin can you lay to their charge that hasn't been fully paid for? You know, Arminians will say that Jesus died for all the sins of all men except the sin of unbelief. Well, that's not taught in the Bible. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Jesus put away all their sins. There is no condition laid upon them for eternal life because Jesus Christ fulfilled all the conditions for them. It is God that justifieth. It closes out verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge? What condition can we put on God's elect? What sin can we say yet remains? It is God that justifieth. Our salvation is of the Lord. And we do not have to compromise that, modify that, water it down, retract it, or stick man's condition into it whatsoever. It is God that justifieth. Now the issue that pertains to us is we want to make our calling, Romans 8.30, and our election, Romans 8.33, sure. And Second Peter chapter 1 tells us how we can make our calling and election sure. When it says, adding to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge godliness, and to godliness patience, and to patience temperance, and to temperance brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. If ye do these things, ye shall never fall. That is how the Bible fits together. God saves us by Himself completely, unconditionally. But for us to know that we're God's elect, we need to do some things because it's in the doing of those things that we make our calling, which God did, and our election, which was God's choice, sure. Sure to our minds. Sure by the way of evidence that we have that we're His. And so we see verses that say, if ye do these things, do. There's things we should do to make our calling and election sure. It shows the things that God has done already for us. Let us pray. Holy Father and blessed God, we thank Thee for the Lord Jesus Christ, Your only begotten Son and our firstborn brother. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, that You have purposed that we will be conformed to the image of that glorious Son, Jesus Christ our Savior. We love Him this day. We thank Thee for Him this day. We believe on Him with all our hearts and all our minds this day. O Lord, we thank Thee again for Him. We thank Thee for His all-sufficiency in saving us from our sins so that nothing can be laid to our charge. It was laid upon Him that is mighty, upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and He finished the work of God. We thank Thee, Lord of heaven and earth, for Your only begotten Son, in whom You were well pleased. We thank Thee, Holy Father, that You turned from Him, and He cried that You had forsaken Him, and it pleased You to bruise Him for our salvation. We thank Thee, Holy Father. Help us this day as we consider Him as we look at the sovereignty of God in our salvation, and that nothing can be laid to the charge of God's elect, for Jesus Christ has fulfilled every condition for eternal life, we pray that you would give us a spirit of assurance and confidence 
in the Lord Jesus Christ, that you would increase our faith in Him, that we would lay hold of Him by faith and embrace Him this day. Oh Lord, we're thankful to be in Your house. We're thankful for the truth of Your Word. We're thankful that You have opened some of it to our eyes and our understanding. Bless us that it might be declared plainly and boldly and that Your people might be fed with knowledge and understanding. We pray for every sincere saint and the churches of those that call upon Thy name in sincerity and in truth, that You will be with each one of them, saint and church alike, this day. Heavenly Father, gather Your sheep together by the great shepherd of the sheep, the Lord Jesus Christ, and feed them this day by the means they have. We thank You for this nation that allows us this privilege. Preserve and bless, defend and help our rulers. We ask that You would forgive us the sin and that so easily besets us. And Heavenly Father, purify us for Your worship this day. Hear the prayers that have already been offered this morning. And now bless us by Your grace through Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Ghost that we will worship Thee aright with all our hearts and that You will instruct our minds that we will in a few hours go from this place for the better and not for the worse. O Lord, we commit ourselves and these assemblies to Thee, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.